Hi, I'm Jeremy Renta. <laughs> and I'm Amy Solara. <laughs> and this is Apollo. If you're watching the video, he's asleep. Um, that's what double Tauruses are known for, I think. Is, uh, sure, it's time really for a nap. Chill and cozy, and he ate right beforehand. Good. So he's, yeah, he's got his arm over his eyes and everything. He's got the, the cat look. <laughs> he's so, yeah. He's probably the most calm baby I've ever met. Just, You're probably just chilled after the first two. That too. I do think there's a significant amount of influence that the mother's energy has over how the child responds to the world. Um, but also I'm creating this reality from within 100% of the time. So if I decided to have a really easy baby, then that's what happens, right? That's true. Oh, I mean, it's, I mean, we're going to talk about magic, I promise, not just babies. But the, I mean, the differences between Blue and Quest and Apollo, like, part of it is what you were, what was going on in your life at the time. It's like almost Blue kind of came in as a bit of more of a grounding energy for you, you know, and then yeah. some of your, some of your Mercury probably kind of bled over into Quest after having a little bit like, oh, okay, that was good. Yeah. Now let's bring in the fire. Yeah, let's yeah. bring it in. <laughs> Oh my gosh. It, I think they're everything from conception to gestation to birth. It's like a mini, I mean, we always talk about as above, so below. It's a microcosm of how the child's personality and life and trajectory, I think would be. And a lot of people hear that and they freak out because they're like, right. oh my God, what did I do to my kid? Well, we're all in therapy for a reason right now. Right. <laughs> but for my experience, like, I, I can see it really clearly with all three of mine. And yes, the first two weren't as consciously conceived as the third, but right. they were still desired and there was the intention of having them. It just wasn't as clear as um, meditated upon and as visualized as this sweet little God that I'm holding in my hands right now, because his name's Apollo, so he is. Yeah, it's fitting. <laughs> Part of the new Aeon. Um, well, what are we doing back? I think we're talking about new magical practices and, yeah. and all the ways that it's changed for the both of us. Um, and all the ways it stayed the same, because there's still some things that I very much uh, was adamant about in the first season and in the second season that I still do. And then right. there's other things that are just, you know, radically different. Like the fact that we almost decided to call this podcast, um, how I learned to stop worrying and love Alistair Crowley. Yeah. I think we'd probably uh, lose part of our audience with that, but the <laughs> truth is still there. I mean, <laughs> I can't deny the effect that, um, philemic practices have had, um, on me and on my practice over the past, uh, let's say three or four years has really been, I've started kind of getting into, a. uh, 2019 was when um Lindsay bought me the or was it 2020 when no it was 2020 is when everything shut down right so it was yeah. 2019 for my birthday she gave me the golden dawn book by Israel Gardy and uh everything started kind of shifting and it took us both about six months or so to finally be like you know what maybe we should just check out Crowley let's just see the stuff that he's talking about and we've mentioned it before but uh Lon Miloduket's um interpretations of a lot of his work was a big part of it too it removed a lot of the fear 
a lot of the flowery and poetic stuff that's there there's meat to you know to get out of it but it's you know you have to really kind of meditate on it which was part of the issue that i had with a lot of the um israel regardi's golden dawn stuff too because it was it just didn't make any sense to me and then last week i went back and cracked it open just kind of flipped to a page and it was amazing how much of the stuff integrated i'm like oh my god like i read this years ago and now it's finally actually kind of starting to make sense that's so, the exciting part is um when when we're in it when we're in the thick of it we don't always see like how much we're doing in terms right. of ceremonial magic in terms of ritual but then you go back years later and you read either your magical notes or your alchemical journal or your book of shadows or whatever you want to call it and we're like oh look at you look how mm -hmm. far you've come <laughs> because yeah. it, it really does make a difference and you introduced Lon Melo Duquette to me and I heard about Damien Eccles through Carolyn Elliott, who's now right. Carolyn Lovewell. Did you see her mm -hmm. name change? Yeah, so cute. I, I love did. it. Um, it's like I want to change my name again. That's fun. I <laughs> do it every few years. <laughs> um, but Solara still fits. Um, anyway, Lon Lon was the one who made it click in terms of Crowley is not the Antichrist, and if he is the Antichrist then it's not what we think it is right. um, in my head. And Damian Nichols is the one who made it click of how important it is to do the LBRP every day, to do the middle right. pillar every day, to just refuse to let a day go by without doing those practices. Mm -hmm. And that dedication that I had in my head of, I refuse to let a day go by without doing the middle pillar Kabbalistic cross, the LBRP, and just like a real gentle invocation, whatever it is, has shifted everything. Like the, mm -hmm. there was a season, so I just had, and this is something we're going to talk about in this season too, a lot is the differences in astrology that you and I practice, where I have um, a deep and abiding love for Hellenistic astrology. Um, and you're a little bit more on the sidereal path, right? Just from a standpoint of where things are, yeah. I mean, it's it's strange how my um my views on things have have kind of shifted on things. Like the Malkut is all the elements, right? Yeah. So it makes sense that when you're looking at astrology from a standpoint of how the earth moves and how our mindset is on earth, that you would look at the tropical idea. That's just yeah. kind of the way that it goes. That's the way it's been imprinted for the past 2,500 years. Um, and then once you it's like, so that's personal psychology, I feel like so or personal astrology, you're looking at your chart, you're seeing what it was that kind of came in. And this is what everybody was thinking. And this is how this is the imprints that have been put on you. It's helpful to be able to understand how to interact with people. So that's kind of eases the path a little bit when you're when you're talking to folks. When I started moving into doing my own practice and keeping a, a watch on the stars, um, I did start shifting to sidereal because it's like, you know, we're technically still in cancer season. You know, we're in Leo, but we're in Cancer because that's where the sun placement is. So, and this, the themes that would come up for me on a grander scale matched with that. There's a there's a whole lot of um, uh, crosses that are going on with the the energetic from a from a getting things going standpoint. The, that whole cardinal vibe that we've got going on, um, and then of course, once you get to further up the tree and you actually start to kind of look at. Uh, working from the sun, like if you're imagining yourself from the sun, then like all of that stuff drops away. Elements are, are still there, but like seasons aren't when it comes to the way that we see it on earth, you know, the changes of the seasons to fall to winter. So 
Um, it's also bizarre too, because a lot of the stuff I, you can't really even verbalize. Like when I, um, the year that I moved back to Alabama, it was the first time I really kind of started paying attention to my Mars cycle. So my brother's birthday, um, the placement of Mars just kind of drew attention for me. And then when on my birthday, it actually came back around to where it was. So it's almost like a Mars return for me. And mm -hmm. over the past two years, I've had um, expressions of active energy show up that I was not expecting. You know, I could go back and look at some of my journal writings and see some of the things that were going on at a certain time. And when I match it back to whatever that was going on in the sky, it's like, okay, well, that makes sense. And again, it takes a little while for that to integrate. I um I went back and looked at uh, at one of my journals the other day, and I had this I had this idea that what I was reading about or what I had dreamed about was about um something that was uh, family related because I'd gotten I had a vision of an angel that came to me and said the dead man wants to talk to you, and for months I worked on figuring out stuff that was going on in my family's uh, trauma, you know, so I like focused on that. And then uh, like a few weeks later, I was looking through the um, Magic of Aleister Crowley by, by uh, Lamia Duquette. And there's this repeating, the dead man, Ankoff Khonshu, Ankoff Nakanshu. And I'm like, okay. So again, the work that I've been doing to start connecting with Horus is integrating through the stuff from the past. So again, like it's stair steps, right? Like it goes, yeah. everything is everything is in alignment. So it's, I, I still feel kind of held back when it comes to trying to explain things to people like actually stepping into my power as a teacher too because there is so much mystery and you always think about the the guy the guru being at the top of the mountain like talking in riddles and you're never really going to get it and then like you finally kind of integrate he's it. actually like, what speaking, that guy was talking about yeah he's speaking yeah. plain english the whole time it's just like the concepts haven't landed they haven't really right. like settled into the the framework of the person's perspective or their right. lived experience and i know for myself um, I'm even at a point now where, cause we've joked about this several times, like, is the earth flat? Is it hollow? Is it round? Is it the center of the universe? Is it a heliocentric universe? Like, what am I going to believe? Because right. it's all possible. Now I'm at a point where I'm like, huh? Okay. Well, if I take it from a CS Lewis, um, the magician's nephew perspective, it doesn't right. matter. Like there is some weird interdimensional jump through the puddle type of transfer that's <laughs> going to happen in the astral plane anyway. So why bother worrying about whether it's from a, a earth perspective or not, whether the earth is moving or the sun is moving or whatever. I know there's lights in the sky. I know I feel a certain way when I look up at them and whether I'm a fish in a fishbowl and unaware of the water or right. whether I'm <laughs> actually on this rock that we talk about floating through space. It doesn't matter because I see the effects. And if I can tune into those laws that seem to govern right. this dimension, then I can get out of it. It's funny because I, when I was bartending, I found myself actually playing devil's advocate for flat earthers. I'm like, all right, look, I'm not saying that this is true, but what I'm saying is if you can't step outside of what your idea of what reality is, just to be like, what's the, okay, let's just say we're on a giant flipping coin through space. What happens? How does that change the way that your perspective is on things? Who's to say that this isn't all just, I mean, everybody talks about it being the matrix and you know, that it's all just an illusion. It's like, okay, well, that's great. Which well, what I if you, what if you actually kind of follow that, that concept a little bit further? Uh, Don't be dogmatic about it, but for God's sake, <laughs> just think about the possibility. What if we are on a giant turtle's back, you know? 
<laughs> exactly. And, uh, and along with that, it's the ability to question everything. Right. And for me, I had like this big aha moment when one of my teachers in the radical birth keeper school, which I'm probably going to bring up a lot because my world is babies, um, <laughs> which I think is the ultimate act of creation and magic because it's the mm -hmm. womb mysteries, which we're, I'm right. so excited to talk about my rabbit hole journey down that. But with flat earth, it was this idea of, okay, these people are ridiculous. They're all conspiracy theorists. And I was like, wait, hold on. How many times have I been accused of being a conspiracy theorist? Right. There's nanoparticles oh. in our meat. Are you sure, Amy? Oh, I'm just keep yeah, it on the there news. definitely <laughs> is. Microplastics in the fish. Um, <laughs> and I think our bodies can transcend it all. What I love is that it's opened up my curiosity again. Right. Instead of being dogmatic and saying, no, this is how it is. What if outer space isn't real? What if? What would that mean? Does that change anything? And if it does change something, where? Does it change something in my magical practice or not? And for me, it comes down to like, okay, astrologically, then the Aristotelian model totally makes sense for mm -hmm. a tropical astrology. And it right. totally makes sense that this is how I'm observing energy coming down through the spheres through the dimensions into this plane, into this dimension. Like, okay, I'm open to the idea now. What? And mm -hmm. that ability to shift, I think, has um, has shifted the way that I'm engaging with astrology and shifted the way that I'm engaging with magic in general. I'm like, right. what's the point of this? And then back to the teacher from the birthkeeper school, she was talking about the word matrix and how it actually means coming from the mother. Mm-hmm. And people have warped it. They've usurped it in some ways. And so now I'd love to be part of the group that's reclaiming it and saying like, yeah, we are all part of the cosmic womb. We are all yeah. coming out of Kali Ma. The great it's the void. tricks of Ma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is Maha Maya. This is the dream within the dream. And what are we going to do with it? And if I can tap into Narayana, if I can get to that point and somehow recognize the the rhythm enough from the outer wheel then i'm not right. going to be propelled by it anymore and isn't that the goal right and so it's been exciting yeah it's level. um it's also for me it's like i you realize how complex and simple things are like some of the things that i've have become more and more of my practice is like numerology has become a big part of it because i'm you know, I carry my Kabbalistic encyclopedia around with me everywhere. So if I see something, I'm like, let's just see what's going on. Who's talking to me? Because you see driver's license or uh, uh, license plates all the time. You may see a, a repeated number. And you, I would see that on Instagram and I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's just breaking down, broken down into tiny 10 step concepts. Well, okay. From a, from a basic standpoint, it is. And it's a quick 15 second sound clip that you can put up on your Instagram. But if you are paying attention, you can check it out and see, Maybe the energy that's around you or the energy that you are is being called to you. I have seen 22s over and over and over again. And, you know, I've had a lot of different thoughts and a lot of different ideas about what it could possibly be. Um, I'm not going to say what I think it is now because it'll probably change in two days. But uh, just kind of you'll, if you follow the breadcrumbs sooner or later, you're going to, you're going to find the path, right? Like, and I think that's a big part of what it is. Like there's something that hasn't integrated that you're, that you need to be doing at that time, need to, to be doing at that time that would be helpful or beneficial to actually get you to the next step. 
if I've been stuck on 22 for the past, I don't know how many years, like I used it as part of my password back when I was living in LA. So I know that that's something that I'd have needed to integrate. I don't know why 21 was always my lucky number. But for some reason, 22 became the thing. So um, it's also weird when I'm trying to tell people like, here's the things that you can do that might make life easier. Go spend $65 on a Kabbalist encyclopedia and carry it around with you. <laughs> Uh, or I, maybe not thought, if you don't under, if you don't read hebrew or have any idea about gematria or really want to sit there and try to like break down the uh the science aspect of it then maybe that's not really your path but i i feel like everybody needs to own the picatrix and the three books on occult philosophy and yeah. if you don't have those on your bookshelf as a ceremonial magician like what are you doing you're yeah. like some kind of other witchcraft i don't know yeah. <laughs> like I use that word in jest and seriously because there are so many different paths and there are so many different ways. Like Anton was trying to um oh for anybody who's new and joining us and we mentioned Anton, that's my husband. Um he was talking to his client and explaining um how he does his morning practice and he was talking about the LBRP and then he was talking about invocations and he was talking about elements and he looked at me and he goes okay, wait, hold on. East, air, south, fire, west, water, north, earth. I was like, yeah, for the LBRP. Okay. What do you mean? I was like, that's not, it's not every circle. All you got to do is the LBRH. Like mm -hmm. start working in, in hexagrams instead of pentagrams mm -hmm. and you're going to have an entirely different wheel. And he's like, what? And then I said, and if you look at this shamanic tradition, it's in a different wheel. If you look at this shamanic tradition, it's a different wheel. It depends on right. like North America, South America, Europe, or Asia. Like there's a, literally a different association for every direction for every group of people that has ever been, which to me is fascinating because so many of the things that we read sound so dogmatic. Mm -hmm. and, and each one is just as dogmatic as the next. And as we, you and I have gone through our different trajectories with magic, I think the one thing that I've noticed is I really resonate with what the ceremonial magicians did and with what um, I would say most European traditions do, which is that pattern of East, Air, South, Fire, West, Water, North, Earth. That's just right. the most sense at least for me. earthwork. Yeah. For earthwork. And I think, okay, why? Like, why? And instead of it being, this is, this is it. That's it. It just makes sense to me. That's just how it is. That's it. The second that phrase comes in, I'm like, nope, time to investigate. It's mm -hmm. never just how it is. That's a very strong clue. So I just invite other people who are on a magical path to look at that. The minute you say that's just how it is, time to investigate and where and how and why and what. And for me, I'm, I'm bringing soul's earth side. Mm -hmm. I am a portal as mom and a very dedicated portal within that. And I don't want to do this unconsciously. I don't want to just have kids. I don't want to not have kids. I want to bring really awesome, cool, superhumans, for lack of a better word, mm -hmm. onto the planet to make a change. And I right. want them to have an experience that matches that. And yeah, I do look at astrology before I get pregnant. And I think about it and what it's going to Like, entail. just hold on for two more days. <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah. I literally told this guy that. 
I remember the Wednesday prior to him being born. So a week before he was born, I said, bro, I was in the bathtub. If you don't come by 1153 tonight, then the moon's going to square the sun and you're going to have a really difficult childhood. Mm -hmm. Do you want that? Because I've been having sensations. <laughs> like I was like, this is ramping up. Either come like in the next five minutes or wait a week. And he's waiting right. a week. And now his chart is freaking beautiful. Mm -hmm. And in that sense, the elemental magic, the earth magic, the pentagrams, the um, tropical geocentric astrology, the Aristotelian model, it all makes sense. If my whole focus is to be in Malkuth and to be Malkuth. Like right. That. Um, and I'm on the other side of the door like, all right, you guys want to let this go? Are you ready to die? I can help you kind of deal with that so that we can get you back up and out. Get a little bit further up than just the moon and get stuck in sin, as they say. Yeah, um, well, yes, that's It's fun. interesting, too, just like what you were talking about with, um, I mean, our concepts of North making sense um, as being Earth. I mean, look at a compass. And this is also, you know, the, one of the things that uh, I connected with you on. I was like, you got a compass. I was asked for a compass. And this has been a repeating cycle over and over again in my life. <laughs> the tattoo. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, Earth, that's you, the thing points up. It points north. We think of it as up, right? Because that's the thing. So if you're looking at the earth as like the top, like the bottom of the tree is the top part of Malkut. Well, isn't that the gravity pulling it down so that it can be distributed around into the reality that we see? Okay, well, that would kind of make sense, at least from that standpoint. But and you look and at the, the reverse sky, too, with like yeah. north as the south point. I mean, not north right. as the south point. With earth as the south point with the roots going down. And like right. the anchor and it all pulling down. That also right. makes sense. And I've seen lots of traditions that have that where it's like right. the bottom. But well, yeah, because it's circling saying. back around. But that's mm -hmm. that's the weird thing too, the right? Like it's field. like the Taurus field, if it's going in this cycle, it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that light's not coming down. It just means that the energy is moving up. Like our constant cycle is is the natural desire for the kundalini to rise. And if it gets stuck in us or if it gets stuck anywhere else, then you're not going to get up the tree. You're not, you're not going to be able to climb it. You have to kind of start reversing the focus, which is why so many like <laughs> so many yogic practices talk about semen retention or like moving your semen back up into your brain. You know, it's like oh, take the life. Yeah, exactly. Like take all that stuff and then move it back up so that you could reactivate your receiver in the first place so that you can kind of start sending it in another direction. So um <laughs> I think that's, again, like uh, most of my work, especially since I've been back in Alabama, I've been kind of gun shy to do a lot of my practice. We have a fence in the backyard, but it's uh, it's slatted, you know, or it's a metal rod. So like people can still see what I'm doing. Um, most of my work has actually become sleep and astral related. So it's like I'm, doing, you... I'm getting a lot of integration in, in my dream space, but I have to be in a good mindset to be able to actually get something out of it so that I'm not sleeping off a hangover or, you know. Uh, too, affected too much by caffeine. I know, I know. This is exactly the same reason that I moved to Phoenix in the first place was to get to get dry. But well, you jumped back in the pool, and I can't yep. blame you. Um, I I am in a much less judgmental space with a lot of things. Right. Um, with German new medicine, which is like magic healing for the body. I just I or it's also called Germanic healing knowledge. And I mm -hmm. want to go down lots of rabbit holes with that and like how yeah. people can trace the psychic roots of disease. And it's not a blaming system. It's a means of, are you talking to? 
<laughs> I got some things to say. <laughs> he does. Hi, sweet angel. Um, I'll have to get off in just a sec. But the the idea of um, getting out into actual nature has really right. come up. Where it's it, yeah, the backyard suffices um, for really simple things, mm-hmm. and at the same time, um, if we don't live within a short walk to a wash or a hiking trail or a little copse of trees or something then how far is the drive and if the drive is significantly far then is it worth living where we are if we can't connect to nature Mm -hmm. and um and yeah if you're if you're escaping the body that's different but if you're wanting to integrate the body which is to me the ultimate practice that's what i'm focused on then yeah nature matters and getting yes. into it matters. And we took the kids up to the mountains um, a couple times this summer. And it's felt so different to go swim in the creek in Sedona than to swim mm-hmm. in our friend's backyard pool, even if it's still salt water. It's felt right. so different to go hiking through the trees in Flagstaff than to hike uh, around the block, even though there's still trees. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, they're, they're there. It's not the same. And no. um being able to do magical practices out there, I think shifts things. And that's the one thing that I would love to integrate more, especially as the year goes on of getting out. And I remember you doing that back when you lived here, mm-hmm. going to Camelback every morning. And yep. Mile and a half. Alabama looks like, but. Um, it looks like a big sweaty sock right now. It's very hot. <laughs> and uh, we, we had a funeral yesterday luckily tabitha brought um she has a samurai sword umbrella and it's white so uh we were at the gravesite and i'm holding this you know this umbrella there and it's like this nice white beacon somebody came up to me and goes i don't know if you're at a funeral or at a wedding and i was like technically i mean if you want to get into that debate (laughs) (laughs) this is just the doorway into the greater Mm -hmm. life bless you exactly yeah bless you but we won the lottery to be down here on that bit exactly Oh man. Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, I know, I don't know how many hours or minutes we've been doing this or years, um, but uh, this will become regular again. It feels good to, to actually be back on the horse. Yeah. Um, and this is just a uh, little taste of all of the, yeah. the randomness and we're going to, we're going to organize it. We promise. Well, I feel like last time we tried to theme every single episode once we kind of started getting going. And that's one of the things that I felt confined by. It's like, it was helpful to kind of get us going, but when we did, we would do energy reports and then I'm like, Okay, what do I have to say about cancer season right now? Well, nothing really. I'm, you know. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I think the goal will be to um, have prompts and then mm-hmm. riff and right. occasional guests to add some flavor. And right. I'm looking forward to seeing what other people have to say. Like, that's the one thing that I don't feel like we always got to do was get feedback and have right. people say like, oh, I'd like to learn more about, or could you speak about your own experience with? And right. whether that's mama ayahuasca or, um, you know, 5G technology. <laughs> <laughs> or making a really good flourless cake. There's that too. Yeah. yeah. I can, I could definitely explain my almond flour chocolate lava cake, which is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm going to be making for my oldest son's birthday very soon. Specifically oh, yeah. requested. Yeah. So uh, keep an eye out. We're, oh, I should have said 
I would like to start every time with um, astrology and with where the planets are at the moment that we're recording. So right, right now, um, and this is geocentric tropical astrology. Specific. <laughs> just, yeah, I just, I don't want to confuse people um, as we're going through. But as we're closing out this preliminary introduction of what we will be doing in the future, um, according to the astrology that I do, the sun is in Leo, moon is in Capricorn, and Mercury is in Virgo, Venus is retrograde in Leo, Mars is also in Virgo, and Jupiter is in Taurus, and Saturn's in Pisces. So there's quite a bit of fixed energy in the sky, as well as a nice smattering of mutability with the moon in that cardinality, which when you were like, oh yeah, the cancer cardinality, I was like, but the moon's in Capricorn. So <laughs> that's why. Uh, so it, it, in my view now, it works mm-hmm. either way. It doesn't matter. Right. Like you see it from one perspective. I see it from another. Either way, we're still feeling the same energy. So clearly well, it's also trying to, is happening. Yeah. Well, it's also trying to say that something is starting versus it's already in motion. You know, it's like, it's, what's the difference? I think that's also the, the, you know, the octogram, like if you're working with eight, then you're, you've got somewhere in the middle where there's a gray area, which is technically the mutable, but something else may be starting, which is, this yeah. is already kind of going, this is starting to get going, you know, yeah. but we'll get into that later. We will. We'll spend several episodes, I think on, on just the simple basics that we do. Um, and yeah the various types of astrology you can investigate and well i've realized the magic (laughs) i've realized being back home too that uh starting at basics is the best thing because to be able to describe things to my stepdad without him you know tying me to a a post and setting me on fire has been a challenge (laughs) because he asked me about tarot cards and i was like okay how do i say this with uh without being uh overly explanatory or you know, trying to make him feel dumb, you know, by by explaining it like super, super minute. So that's been a big thing for me too, kind of like stepping into my strength as a teacher and just being able to go, oh, 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 ease back, take yeah. it easy. Just talk about the four elements. Done. Awesome. Next time we'll talk about the modes. How do those elements yeah, like Deborah. I know. <laughs> Less is more. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's cool. We'll be starting up. I'll be teaching again. Um, Good. I'm excited. Okay. Okay. Yay, we did it. Bye, everybody. Bye.